the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. going on, everybody? Another Al Gattulo Craft Beer cast on AM 970, The Answer. little double vision from Foreigner. Did you know that this week in 1978, June the 20th of 1978, the second studio album, Double Vision, was released by Foreigner? Uh, it was actually recorded between December of 1977 and March of 78. Um, this is Foreigner again, their second album. They are touring this year. It's supposed to be their final tour. They were supposed to finish it up at PNC Bank Art Center with Loverboy, but they've extended it a bit. They'll be playing in Atlantic City later in the year, um, and sort of, you know, continuing on towards the, towards the end of the year. I don't know if they're going into, uh, 2024, but, uh, pretty cool there. Uh, love Foreigner. Great band. I know everybody says, ah, it's a cover band now. It's just Mick Jones. Uh, you know, and that's it. But um, Kelly Hansen has been great. He's been handling the vocals for quite some time now, um, and they've done a phenomenal job. And no disrespect to Lou Graham, who is uh, the original vocalist uh, of Foreigner, but I love this iteration of uh, of Foreigner as it is. I never got a chance to see Lou Graham, although he did play Rawway uh, not too long ago, and uh, a couple years ago, I think it was before the pandemic, and he always bills himself, Lou Graham, The Voice. A foreigner. So if he does come back around again, maybe I will go and see him. Uh, coming up in 20 minutes, John Graham, the CEO for U.S. Operations for BrewDog, uh, will join me on the program. We're going to discuss this coming from outside the brewing world to run a, a comp- to run the company inside the United States. Uh, we'll get into a lot more about 20 minutes from now. It was a great interview with John. Uh, taped it a couple of weeks ago and uh, really had fun uh, chatting with him. I would be remiss if I did not wish... My wife, a happy birthday. Today is her actual birthday. Um, uh, you know, a little less than an hour left of her birthday. And so happy birthday, Jennifer. Um, I, I hope I made it a, a good weekend for you. And um, many, many more. I love you very much. She's not big into the whole radio and making things personal. But, you know, I had to throw that in there. It's important. Uh, let's get into some beer news, shall we? From the beginning, uh, Cayente Pizza and Draft House has had a strong presence in Pittsburgh's craft beer community. The award-winning chain now taking its footprint to the next level with the launch of its brewing company, Doe Daddy Beer. Cayente will be hosting Doe Daddy launch parties at all seven of its locations on July 7th, and all customers' first drafts will be on the house to toast the launch. That's pretty cool. Since its founding in 2012, uh, Cayente has hosted more craft beer events 
than any other bar in the city and done collaborations with at least 12 breweries throughout the state and around the country. Contract Brewing, a natural next step for the chain and an opportunity to dive even deeper into its passion for sharing unique, locally crafted foods and drinks with the community. Uh, Nick Bogaz, the uh, Cayente's owner and founder, has always recognized the interplay between pizza and beer. He said, you know, craft beer and pizza go well together, not just from a dining perspective, but because of the similarities between the two worlds. Brewers are highly skilled at their craft, known for using unique, high-quality ingredients in their brewing. It starts as a passion project for them out of their homes. A lot of pizzerias start the same way, cooking in their home kitchens, doing something they love with the best ingredients possible. They will have a number of different beers to start. Uh, a hazy Doe Daisy uh, IPA, which is a 5.9% ABV. Crust Crusher Double IPA at 8%. Guava Grenade IPA at 5.7%. And then uh, Mango Daddy at 4.9%. So really only one big boozy beer. Uh, the rest of them are under uh, 6%. So kudos to them and hoping the launch goes very successfully. Now, this is a big event in San Francisco. If you've ever been to it, I have not. Uh, but it is returning to Golden Gate Park for its 15th year. Outside Lands 2023. It's three days, August 11th through the 13th. Outstanding music, brilliant artisan uh, cuisine, and some of the best craft beer in the Bay Area. This year's extravaganza features a diverse array of artists such as Kendrick Lamar, Foo Fighters, and Lana Del Rey, as well as an impressive lineup of uh, 30-plus of the region's best brewers at Beer Lands, which will remain in its trusty spot on the polo field at Outside Lands. Uh, it will include Brewbill Brewing Company, a new brewery out of Grass Valley, California, debuting at Outside Lands before becoming available in the Bay Area. Moonlight Brewing Company, a longtime local legend. Far West Cider, pouring a new botanical cider made with ingredients found within Golden Gate Park. That's pretty cool. And Doka Beer, a Korean-owned brewery known for unique beers brewed with Asian-inspired flavors. Heretic uh, also newly joins Beerlands this year and will showcase a unique collaboration with Embark Dispensary, a dank West Coast IPA brewed with uh, turpins inspired by the Orange Runts weed strain. Interesting. Uh, they're welcoming back a bunch of others as well as uh, 21st Amendment, Bear Republic, Drake's Magnolia, and of course Sierra Nevada Brewing will be there as well bringing hazy little things. So uh, that is an event back at its for its 15th year outside Lands Golden Gate Park. August 11th through the 13th. Founders announcing their new KBS version. It's KBS uh, Blueberry. And this is a, a perfectly balanced, de- a decadent drinking experience. Uh, bourbon barrel aged out to a new level. KBS Blueberry allows the existing premium coffee and chocolate notes to soar to new heights, which is accented by the sweetness of blueberry with bourbon undertones. That from uh, founders brewmaster Jeremy Kosmicki. Uh, flavors of vanilla and chocolate with sweet blueberry, really complimentary to the bourbon and coffee notes that you'd expect from KBS, creating a fun new twist on a classic. Uh, it comes in at about uh, just a little over 11% ABV. It'll be available on draft in the Grand Rapids Tap Room. will be sold in four packs of 12-ounce bottles in their stores and across uh, the 50-state distribution footprint beginning in uh, July. Pricing in the Founders Brewing Company Tap Rooms will be $24 for a four-pack. Prices will vary uh, by market. So if you're into KBS Blueberry, you can get that very, very soon. And then a new study out of Chicago, the University of Chicago, says heavy drinkers can't exactly hold their liquor. Instead, the University of Chicago study says those with alcohol use disorder, what used to be called alcoholism, tested significantly impaired on typical habits three hours after having a drink. A co author of the study said it's a popular perception 
that experienced drinkers can handle their liquor like two cowboys in a bar in a drinking competition. Yet the senior author said only about 10% of those with alcohol use disorder go into treatment and added that binge drinking is on the rise. So look, the bottom line is um, when you're drinking stuff like craft beer or any alcohol for that matter, if you're going to overindulge, if you're going to, if you continuously need to drink beer, or, or, or again, or alcohol on a regular basis, you're basically binge drinking, right? I mean, you know, they 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 say, oh, binge drinking is X amount of drinks per hour. But if you're drinking every day and you're having three or four beers, um, to me, that sort of constitutes a binge drinker, in my opinion. Again, this is not scientific, and I will I will be honest. I do not drink during the week. Very rarely. If I'm out at an event, yes, I'll have a beer. But I curb my drinking to the weekends, Friday or Saturday, sometimes both days, but a lot of times I try to limit it to one day. Um, you know, again, um, you know, it's one of those things where you have to watch your consumption. It's not cool to think that, oh, I can drink, you know, 12 beers and not be drunk. You know what? That was cool when you were 18. Now it's irresponsible. So be smart. Drink wisely. Use Uber and Lyft if you have to. Um, This is not something that you should be doing and be proud of. And, you know, I can see that binge drinking is on the rise. There was another study I saw in the New York Post about how uh, the uh, Gen Z is having a difficult time connecting with people and, and maintaining friendships. And part of it is because we've been isolated. We were isolated for a couple of years. Uh, there's not a traditional office environment anymore. It's tough to have interactions with people. I still am friends with people um, from when I worked at MJI Broadcasting back in the late 90s that I'm still friends with and still get together with for, with drinks. If I hadn't had those experiences, I wouldn't still be friends with those people. We, we all interacted in an office environment, and I worked very early in the morning. A lot of times I didn't see a lot of people in the office, but we still did things together. And you interact and become friends, and, you know, you, you, you share uh, mutual uh, things together. You move on in life, but you maintain those friendships. They're not happening anymore. Uh, you know, the binge drinking thing is a way to cope with those things in some ways. I'm not trying. I'm sitting here on a soapbox. I know we're doing a show about beer, and I'm trying to tell you not to drink beer. What I am trying to tell you is this: be responsible when you're drinking. That's all. It's pretty simple. If you feel like you're not in control anymore, you're probably not in control. Put down the glass. Put down the beer. Put down whatever it is that you're drinking, and sober up a little bit. It's a smart move. Trust me. Your liver will. Th- your liver. Well, thank you. Now, when we come back after a short break, uh, we've got news from New Jersey. Uh, big thing in committee this week uh, on the, uh, the, the the bill that they're hoping to get out of these committees and get a full vote on the Assembly and Senate floor to get to Governor Murphy's desk before July 1st. We'll also have some, uh, have some info from Lord Hobo Brewing and celebrating 617 Day this year with an iconic Boston brand collaboration, parties around the city, and the return of their annual 6.17K charity run. That's coming up next on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Seven days now since you left me. 
Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. The great Joe Bonamassa, 24-hour blues. Brand new signal out from him. I believe he has a new album coming out at some point here. And um, if you have not seen Joe in concert, I encourage you to go. He's touring. Uh, He'll be out on Long Island, I believe, in August at Jones Beach. I think it's a Sunday night. Uh, a weird combo too. I think it's, isn't it him and the Steve Miller band or something? I, I forget the lineup, but if you haven't seen Joe Bonamassa, do yourself a favor, go. You will not be disappointed. I, I first met this cat when he was 17, 16, 17, playing in a band called Rockline with uh, Sammy Hagar's son, uh, Barry Oakley Jr.'s kid. I mean, just a whole group of unbelievable talent. And there's this kid playing for literally six people in Wildwood, New Jersey, in a club. And uh, got to see them two nights in a row. And, man, let me tell you something. When, that, when he did White Room from Cream, I would have thought Eric Clapton was five feet from me. That's how good he was then. He's only gotten better. So, without a doubt, uh, you definitely want to check out uh, Joe Bonamassa. Coming up in ten minutes... John Graham, the CEO for U.S. Operations for BrewDog, uh, is going to join me on the program. We'll discuss his coming from outside the brewing world to run the company inside the United States. A lot more as well. Uh, That's coming up in just about 10 minutes from now. But we have news to get to. Skagit Valley Malting has permanently closed and is expected to file for Chapter 7 bankruptcy liquidation. Uh, This from a now former employee who told this to BrewBound, a great uh, resource in uh, brewing news, the Burlington, Washington-based Craft Malt House has yet to formally announce its ceased operations and filings have yet to appear on Washington's bankrupt, uh, bankruptcy court sites. However, the business is listed as permanently closed by Google. Messages left with the company were not returned as of press time uh, a few days ago by Brewbound. Washington Beer Blog first reported the closure, uh, the anticipated bankruptcy filing as well, citing one employee who said the powers that be decided to pull the plug. A follow-up report by Gross Skagit noted that the Port of Skagit was informed of the closure on Friday. Eric Bust, Skagit Valley Malting's marketing manager, told Brewbound that employees were informed of the closure the plan, and the planned bankruptcy filing last Thursday. So this is not good for a malting company and a pretty popular one uh, for a lot of people, not only in the Pacific Northwest but elsewhere uh, in the country, that has now permanently closed and is looking for liquidation. Um, you know, again, we're seeing these incidents during covid uh, business is not able to shift and deal with what they need to deal with. But now you're dealing with higher prices. You're dealing with um, supply chain shortages in certain areas. Um, this is not a good thing. Uh, I think it will get better at some point. But right now, I think it's going to be uh, still a bit of a problem. And we need to watch out for this. Cape May Spirits Company, the spirits arm of Cape May Brewing Company, debuted uh, this week a line of vodka-based ready-to-drink canned cocktails. The RTD line Beach Blends features two flavors, Orange Vodka Crush and Tropical Vodka Punch. It's available in a single flavor, 12-ounce cans of four packs. The line being distributed through New Jersey's via, uh, throughout New Jersey via Cape May's distribution arm of Cape Beverage Distributing. Uh, they wrote in a press release, made for the art of day drinking, these RTD canned cocktails featuring all-natural ingredients, premium spirits, are idyllic for warm summer afternoons, marathon beach days, 
and social hangouts lasting all day in the sun requires a beverage that's day-to-night friendly, and beach blends are just that. So this is the big swing of these canned cocktails. Right now, for me, Dogfish Head's canned cocktails are probably the best ones that I've had, uh, and the fact that they are of a lower ABV, you know, as opposed to being 12 and 14%, at 7%, it's much better. Um, in fact, I plan on picking up a couple next weekend. I'll be in uh, uh, Bethel Woods to see Robert Plant and Allison Krauss. And uh, one of my friends uh, enjoyed one of the canned cocktails that I had given her that was given to me by Dogfish Head. And so I'll get some um, for when we're tailgating before uh, the event. Good stuff. Uh, Bolero Snort, our good friends there, are launching a collaboration beer with wrestling stars Matt Cardona and Brian Myers this July. Major re- wrestling figure IPA will launch during a live meetup at the brewery uh, coming up on July 13th. The beer will be a limited release with package and draft at the brewery only. Uh, Tickets for the event, though, go up for sale this June 30th, and they will be limited. Now, apparently you can purchase those through Major Wrestling Figure Podcast's website. Uh, Just go over to majorwfpod.com. The IPA is not the first beer collab for the host's of the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. They have had a long sponsorship deal with Pabst Blue Ribbon, including a television commercial. So they're going to do um, a really cool event, the brewery, and apparently wrestling will be involved as well in July. Very, very interesting. So we shall see what happens there. Um, and this is interesting. Out of Baltimore, the FX Map Brewery in Utica has acquired the rights to produce Guinness Blonde, a beer that has been brewed at Guinness's Baltimore Brewery for the past decade. On April 3rd, Guinness owner Diego announced it would be closing the Guinness Production Brewery in Hellthorpe, uh, Maryland this summer, a facility that just opened three years ago in 2020. It's the second big beer industry deal this year for the Utica Brewery, uh, which is, of course, home to the Saranac Beer family, both involving Maryland breweries. In May, FX Matt announced it had purchased Frederick, Maryland-based Flying Dog Brewing, uh, Maryland's largest craft brewery, and would be moving all production of its beers to Utica, New York this summer. And as is usual with those kinds of deals, the financial terms of the transaction were not disclosed. I mean, look, we knew that it was going to happen. Uh, we just didn't know who was going to be brewing the beer moving forward. But right now, Guinness uh, uh, Baltimore Blonde will be brewed by FX Mad Brewery. And there you go. Great Lakes Brewing has announced a new limited edition release, Rocket Pop Hard Seltzer. It's a craft hard seltzer. Uh, it has launched this June. Uh, it is already out. It's in six-pack cans at the GLBC gift shop and select retailers throughout Ohio. It's a 12-ounce can with a red, white, and blue striped uh, can design, uh, reminiscent of the classic frozen confection, uh, the bo- you know the uh, the uh, rocket pop, uh, or we used to call them bomb pops, I think. Um, and this clocks in. Let's see. It is uh, it is released uh, in Ohio, and it should be coming out. Uh, along some of their distribution lines uh, within the coming months. And then finally, before we uh, break here and get into our interview, big news out of New Jersey. Uh, This past Monday and Thursday of last week, the Assembly Oversight Committee unanimously passed uh, A4630, 5-0, and Bill S3038 uh, was approved by the Senate Budget and Appropriations Committee, 11-0. This is significant. It's all great news for New Jersey. It's all great news for New Jersey breweries. Now, you're asking yourself probably what is next. Well, the bill has to now be brought, now that it's gotten out of all of its committees, uh, it has to be brought to the Senate and Assembly full floors for a vote. Now, if it passes both houses, 
It then goes to Governor Murphy for a signature. So if you're thinking in baseball terms, game's in the bottom of the seventh right now. We're two-thirds of the way there. We're almost there. We're not completely there yet. Still has one more hurdle, and then it has to get to the governor's desk. Uh, S-3038 uh, from the Senate has been scheduled for a vote before the full Senate tomorrow. That's Monday, June 26th. Um, Again, uh, you know, tell your local legislators to vote yes on S-3038 and A-4630 as soon as possible. You can do it right now. You can do it after midnight. Um, You know, get it done. Just be polite. There are form letters all over the place. Uh, Just all you have to do is put in a few bits of information. It goes off. They get it. Um, And I am cautiously optimistic that um, it will pass both the Senate and Assembly and head to the governor's desk, where I am hopeful that Governor Murphy will sign it, um, and then it becomes uh, law. So we shall see what happens. So kudos. First off, kudos to the Brewers Guild in New Jersey. Uh, the New Jersey Brewers Association, uh, they had their big event at uh, Battleship New Jersey this past weekend. Uh, kudos to both of them for moving things forward. Um, kudos to all of the senators and assemblymen who have gotten behind the bill uh, and have been a big support of it. But the battle is not over. It has to continue a little bit more here. But it looks like we're in the home stretch. Again, I don't want to put the cart before the horse. It has to go through two rounds, two more rounds of voting. Senate on Monday and then the assembly at some point. Uh, this coming week, and hopefully it gets to the governor's desk before July 1st, and he signs it, and uh, that would be uh, an enormous thing uh, if this happens. So kudos to everyone for your hard work. It's not over yet. We're about 75% of the way there. We're getting there. Uh, The finish line is within reach now. So kudos to everybody for their hard work. When we come back after a short break, John Graham, the CEO for U.S. Operations for BrewDog, will join me on the program. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast. On AM 970, The Answer. Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. The killers from here on out from their Battleborn album from... My God, is this over 10 years old already? And the Killers are going to be playing at the See Here Now Festival in Asbury Park, of which I'll be attending that night on the Saturday night uh, in September, which is pretty cool. Uh, you can follow me very easily on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, that's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast, and of course Google Podcasts, Odyssey, iHeart, iTunes, Alexa, all over the place, as well as the Hopped Up Network. Head over to the hoppedupnetwork.com and you can listen to the podcast version of this show a few minutes after midnight. Uh, you can download it and listen to it at your leisure. Now, my next guest, a wealth of experience in the hospitality and consumer goods sectors. He's now running one of the fastest-growing craft breweries in the United States, which would be BrewDog. BrewDog.com slash USA is the website for more information on them. And, of course, they are all over social media as well. Let me welcome to the Craft Beer Cast for the first time the CEO of its U.S. operations for BrewDog, John Graham. John, good day to you, sir. How are you? Hey, Alan, doing great. Uh, how, and, and I'm looking forward to joining you in September to go see the Killers. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So some big shoes to fill taking over for Jason Block as the country moves forward uh, post-pandemic. Short term, what is the most important mission for you to give BrewDog a positive impact? 
Yeah, no, I mean, the, the most important mission for me is ultimately to carry on the work that Jason started, right, and, and continue to build the brand uh, in a really strong way. But it's also to uh, help us get ready for scale, right, and to scale even larger. And that means some of the non-sexy stuff, like helping us be more disciplined with our marketing, helping us do a better job and being efficient in our operations and supply chain, and, uh, you know, making sure that, uh, we also do a good job of meeting our customers where they are and not just bringing one approach uh, to them from BrewDog. But but ultimately, um, you know, if you're in Atlanta, you're a little bit different beer drinker than you are if you're in Denver. And so we need to make sure that we recognize that and, and do a good job of being, you know, almost the best uh, local brew dog we can be in each of the markets that we serve. So it's essentially it's not a one size fits all kind of thing. You're fitting yourself for the particular market that you're going into. I think you have to, right? I think, uh, you know, whether uh, demographics, psychographics, uh, you know, drink preferences, history, all of that has such a large impact on what uh, consumers like and what our, you know, what our great customers and our passionate customers want uh, when they step into one of our locations or or into one of our customers' locations. Uh, And we have to be really smart about about knowing that and, and being and being good with them pulling any brew dog tap, you know, not just necessarily our top one or two. Uh, and in all of your experiences, whether it's Dutch Brothers Coffee or your 15 years at Johnson & Johnson, John, what's one lesson that you've learned that you've taken with you or used throughout your career? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, you know, the biggest lesson I've learned is that um, – we spend well let's put it this way most companies spend all their time on the strategy and thinking side of things mm-hmm. i'd say like 80% of it and think that they're going to outsmart competition when really the way you win is with your people and if you and and by winning with people whether you're dutch bros or southwest airlines or any of the other folks we we talk about mm-hmm. um, that's how you actually build a sustainable business so yeah it helps to have smart people you need to but if you don't have a team of people that are really pulling for one another, operating, you know, not in silos, but as truly like a basketball team, you know, passing the ball to whoever's open and not worrying about the credit, um, then you ultimately will be uh, hindered in your ability to grow and to, and to actually, and to be honest with you, and to come across with the enthusiasm that you need to in order to keep people excited, you know, in a category that we, you know, play in, which is ultimately in, in craft beer. We're talking with the CEO of its U.S. operations for BrewDog, John Graham. BrewDog.com slash USA is the website for more information on them. Of course, they're all over social media as well. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. And one of the things that BrewDog is doing is helping the LGBTQ plus community in conjunction with Stonewall Columbus in Ohio. Uh, there's a beer that's being sold through there. How And how will sales help the LGBTQ plus community? Yeah, uh, thanks for even asking out. You know, we're doing, you know, one of our tenets of BrewDog is beer for all, right? So we uh, brewed, brew both a Pride beer and a Pride AF, uh, alcohol-free beer. Uh, and then we use uh, the sales from that to actually make contribution to Stonewall Columbus. So we, uh, you know, and Stonewall Columbus was founded in 1981 uh, with a mission to increase visibility and inclusion for, you know, the LG the TQ community, as well as uh, providing the right information and resources for people here 
uh, in Ohio. So, uh, you know, each as we move forward and support uh, diversity and, and beer for all, we're going to help them out, too, with uh, each uh, can of or draft of pride that we sell. Well, you know, uh, that's that's an awesome thing, and it's always great to give back to the community. Now, Ohio, Las Vegas, Pennsylvania, is the plan to make coming to BrewDog a destination in every state in the union? Or, you know, as you said, you know, you talked about that that expanding out. Or is it sort of you're going to pick and choose the cities that you really want to, you know, sort of uh, blow them up and really expand in in other places? You know, we're going to provide the beer, but maybe not so much the, um, you know, the brew experience sort mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, our, our plan, you know, and by the way, subject to change, but, right. <laughs> you know, our real plan is to continue to bring great beer uh, throughout the country, right? Right now we serve 29 states, you know, through our through our partners. Uh, and so I think for us, we've got to figure that out. It's, um, you know, it's my experience from Dutch Bros, which is in 14 states and yet is the third largest coffee company in the United States, is that it's better to be great in every market you serve than mm-hmm. to be so spread out and challenged that it actually becomes difficult for you to have a strong presence. So I think ultimately, we'd love to be coast to coast, touching every state. Uh, but how we do that is we have to make sure that wherever we go and once we open, we're actually providing great beer and a great experience uh, to our customers, whether they're buying the beer from us in one of our bars or buying it from one of our partners. You know, John, that brings up an, an excellent example uh, to me. You just you sort of jogged my memory. Uh, Green Flash Beer was, you know, they, they started out in San Diego as this very small company. They started to expand, and then they started to spread their beer out to almost every place they could possibly get it into. And I remember seeing it in New York and New Jersey. And, you know, when I first had it, I was like, oh, this is really good. And then, you know, it, the, the product would tail off because the product was old. It was sitting on shelves for a long period mm-hmm. of time. Um, and then I had, ended up visiting the brewery when I was out in San Diego back in 2017 and found the experience at the brewery while a beautiful building the beer wasn't quite up to par there either, and then eventually, you know, the, uh, they had all their financial problems or whatever, and eventually sold and have now uh, sort of rebranded themselves, but have sort of pulled back, you know, to stay within their mm-hmm. uh, their community. I think that's interesting that you say that that you know you have to you have to meet those needs, but it's not necessary to be in every spot. If you're profitable, you don't have to be everywhere. You don't need all the uh, the pie. You can be satisfied with a slice or two. So I, I like the way you're thinking here. Uh, when it comes to BrewDog, that it, we don't have to be in all 50 states. We could be, but we don't have to be. No, and I like what you said, which is ultimately it's about the quality of the beer. You know, I mentioned up front about you've got to have great people. Right. And then for us, our product has to be, we have to be proud of every single pint that's poured, right? And and if you can't preserve that and keep that, then to your point, you're almost better off being, uh, you know, the, the best you can be at the scale that you can uh, – guarantee great quality exactly. and that's where we focus you know and that's where I, i'll be honest in my first i'm on week seven here my first seven weeks i spend a ton of time on quality ton of time on people and, and that's ultimately what we're going to do to make sure our brand can grow yeah and i i like that team build thing because again if you don't have the team behind you to support you i mean it's like magic johnson magic johnson wouldn't be magic johnson if he didn't have Cooper and and you know and and Jabbar and and uh, you know uh, uh, Byron Scott, if he didn't have those guys around him, he doesn't win titles. You need great people around you, uh, you know, to to, uh, to to win titles or win the beer. You know, it, it's not a contest. You're all sort of yeah. going for that same piece of the pie. 
But, you know, obviously you want a little bit of a bigger piece of the pie than your nearest competitor. That's how you're successful. So we're talking with CEO of U.S. Operations for BrewDog, John Graham. BrewDog.com slash USA is the website for more information. They're all over social media as well here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Last question from me, John. In your bio, it says one of the things that you enjoy doing is traveling cross-country on your motorcycle. Now, I'd have to think traveling by motorcycle across this great country of ours puts you in a unique position to interact with the common man. How does that help you with running a business? What I love the most about it and is that once I put the helmet on, and uh, even tonight I'm doing a local ride here in, in Columbus, uh, everybody forgets that I'm the boss of something, right? Mm-hmm. And instead I'm just a guy uh, eavesdropping on, you know, hopes, dreams, uh, desires, interests. And from that, it, it reminds me ultimately what our job is, right? Which is to connect with the everyday person and to bring them a little slice of joy, you know, that happens to be poured in a, you know, 12 or 16 ounce glass. Uh, and that ultimately the joy is, is, yeah, the ride is great, but the ride, it gets better uh, when you include other people. And, uh, you know, one of my passions actually is riding with others. Uh, my brother and I do a trip every single year together where we spend seven to 10 days on the road together. So, and, and in every one of those, we meet people I never would meet uh, in the office. And it reminds me just how lucky I am to have this job and, and how lucky we are to be in a business where we get to serve those everyday people. That's pretty awesome. Now, do you and your brother, do you pick a place to go? Is it like, all right, we want to, we've been to, you know, this, that, and the other, like every year you sort of pick a destination to travel to, how far how far it's going to take to get there and then just travel it? Yeah, pretty much. So we'll do, you know, and it's almost always like a 3,000 mile journey. So it's it's pretty insane. And most people who aren't passionate riders would hate to be with us because we sort of get up at six, <laughs> ride in the morning, finish at seven, have great have a great beer or two or maybe three, uh, and then head to bed and, and do it all again the next day. So uh, yeah, that's how we go. That is pretty awesome. My guest has been the CEO of U.S. Operations for BrewDog, John Graham. BrewDog.com slash USA is the website for more info, and they're all over social media as well. John, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Really do appreciate it. Good luck with BrewDog, and I hope to talk to you again very soon. Yeah, I appreciate it, Al. Thanks so much. You got it, John. Up next, it's time for Suds and Duds on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Final segment of the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Just trying to figure out my new headphone amp over here. The uh, volume control is on the opposite side of where I plug in my headphones, so what are you going to do? Uh, Redeemer of Souls, the title track from uh, that same album by Judas Priest back in uh, 2014. Uh, a sort of resurgence for Judas Priest. It was their first studio album in uh, quite some time. Uh, they had brought back the... Uh, who they affectionately nicknamed the Colonel Tom Allen uh, to produce the album, who produced such greats as uh, Scream for Vengeance, Defenders of the Faith, um, Turbo. I believe Tom Allen was on Turbo too, so and others. Um, but uh, Tom Allen was their guy who probably gave them their biggest. 
commercial success from a producer standpoint. Let's put it that way. So final segment of the show, suds and duds, a couple of beers. We're going to bounce around. Um, first off, I will not be reviewing Lagerfest from Icarus until next weekend. But I have to tell you, what a tremendous job from Jason and his entire crew. I'm going to give the kudos now, but I'll review the beers uh, next week. Um, what a great job in Lakewood, New Jersey. Next year, I'll be at the new place in Brick, crossing fingers. Um, but he holds this Lagerfest every June, and it is amazing. First off, the collabs, just all the different loggers, and the fact that so many people come out for this event. You know, it sort of shocked him, I guess, in the second year. Uh, he's been doing this for three years. But it sort of shocked him in the second year that he was so surprised that so many people would turn out to drink lagers. Because, you know, let's face it, IPAs are the craze. Everybody wants a great hazy. Everybody wants to drink a hazy. It's a much more approachable beer for a lot of people, right? Lagers are an acquired taste. I mean, it is sort of the first beer that you get into, but, you know, it's a great beer. And when it's done right, it's perfect. So um, a great turnout, had a great time. Um, can't wait for next year in the new building. It's going to be uh, a lot of fun. And what he does or, you know, or has done in these last three years in this such a small space is just remarkable. Uh, it'll be uh, interesting to see what happens next year uh, in a much bigger space. So let's bounce around a couple of different beers. Some I had in Atlantic City, some I had at Paragon Tap and Table, and some that I had at home. Damn the Torpedoes by Tuckahoe. This I had at Wincraft uh, after the um, Atlantic City Beer and Music Fest a couple of weeks back. A solid session, uh, really, really good. Went great with the food that we were having. And isn't it funny that I bought a beer named Damn the Torpedoes referencing Tom Petty when the next beer that I had was from Thin Man called Super Freak at the Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall. And what happens? There's a Tom Petty cover band. So uh, it was sort of fortuitous. I had no idea. Uh, it's a, a, a tasty for under 6%, uh, the Super Freak by Thin Man. Uh, a little bit of a slight bite on it. Really, really good. Uh, the Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall, if you haven't been to it in Atlantic City, you should go. If you're a fan of, of great craft beer, a nice little outdoor space, and good food, um, you should definitely make a trip to the Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall. You will not uh, be disappointed. Usually they do have a band outside or something going on. There's uh, some fire pits. Um, it's a great little outdoor uh, spot. Yes, they have inside. The inside's okay. It's not great. It's a little dingy. Um, or I shouldn't say dingy. Dingy's a bad word. Dark. Dark would be a better term. Um, but it's a nice little spot, Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall, right on Tennessee Avenue. Not too far from the boardwalk. I mean, you can walk it from the boardwalk uh, if you're at one of the casinos nearby. I mean, easy peasy. Um then, uh, about a week after uh, I got back from uh, Atlantic City, uh, something we had been having in the works, and I'm trying to get other breweries in New Jersey to do this. I'm working with an organization called Brewery Strong. We're a 501c3. Um, we're trying to help out folks who are wanting to continue their beer education. Brewery Strong was started during the pandemic to help people that worked in the hospitality industry, worked at bars, worked at breweries, help them out with some money uh, because of the fact that they were out of work. Uh they raised lots of money, they gave out a lot of grants, and now they're trying to shift the focus to education. So there are people that want to continue their uh, education into beer. Brewery Strong is trying to help out uh, by giving money 
uh, and uh, scholarships to people who are interested in continuing their beer education. So we did this at Paragon Tap and Table back in January. Uh, we d- they, uh, Zigmeister did this uh, in their brewery in April. And now for the rest of this month and the beginning of July, it ends, uh, I believe it is the 7th of July, so it would be four weeks. If you purchase a Kolsch at Wet Ticket Brewing, and you have to purchase it in the brewery, and it has to be a full pour, not a flight, not cans, but a, but a full pour of Kolsch. A dollar from every pint that you purchase goes directly to Brewery Strong. So uh, if you can help us out, if you're in the area of Rawway, New Jersey, and you can head over to Wet Ticket, buy yourself a Kolsch, and know that part of your money is going to help out Brewery Strong and is going to help out someone's uh, brewery education, which is really cool. And I'm going to try and we're trying to get some other New Jersey breweries involved as well. Um, if uh, any of those New Jersey breweries are listening and want to get involved, maybe Ross Brewing, uh, maybe Twin Elephant, uh, maybe Bolero. Um, if any of you guys are listening, would love to get in touch with you, let you know uh, how easy it is to do, and uh, we can get things rolling. So just trying to help out and give back um, to somebody who wants to continue uh, their beer education. And we're going to do more with Brewery Strong, but that's just a, this is just a start uh, of what we're doing. Something Good by Icarus. This was on tap at Paragon. Um, this was sort of a pregame beer before the Lagerfest that was taking place uh, the, a week later. And um, a, a fantastic lager. We're so happy to see it on the menu. Uh, this was a collab. I'm trying to see if I can get the... Uh, oh, this was oh this was the, the uh, collab with Wild Air and Last Wave, which is good because that's one that I wasn't able to get on tap um, while I was um, at Lagerfest. So that's good. Good to know. Then I saw that they had a can of Timber Ales, Paragon Tap and Table. And they have a great new canning thing. Four cans for 20 bucks. They have a refrigerator when you walk in now. You mix and match. You pick out four different cans. Of course, you're $20. So you're done with dinner. Maybe you want to take a couple of beers home. Maybe you're with friends and you want to share a beer. Um, this is a perfect way of doing that. So it's a great deal. But I ended up taking. I ended up having this there because it's Timber Ales. Timber Ales crush their stouts. They also crush their IPAs, which I don't think a lot of people are aware of. Huge fan of this brewery. Um, super juicy and crushable for an 8%er. I mean, honestly, 8%ers should not be crushable. This was. Fantastic beer. They do a great job. This is between State and Main Volume 2. It's a double IPA. Uh, but the second volume, just as good uh, as the first volume. And then finally, uh, the 19th anniversary uh, Stone re-release. Um, of Down Understruck. Down Understruck? Thunderstruck. Oh, you know what? I checked in the wrong beer. Well, how do you like that? See, this is what happens, but this didn't have mango. Did it have mango and pink peppercorns? See, I don't think so. Wow, I actually checked in the wrong beer. This is what happens, folks. You see, when you get older and you wear reading glasses and you're looking on your phone and your phone is small and you're trying to... um. Let's just say you're trying not to increase the size of the screen because you don't want to tell people that you're old. This is what happens. But nonetheless, a damn fine IPA, nice and hoppy, and I thank Stone for sending it to me. I'm just going to have to check it in again under a different name. Um, I, it's, it's amazing to me. I'm looking at the can, and I'm looking at the name, 
And I'm going, wow, you know what? They don't add up. So there you go. <sighs> Folks, I have to tell you, um, sometimes you, you, the best laid plans go awry. What are you going to do? Um, that's all the time that we have for the show. My thanks to everybody involved, including my guest, John Graham, the CEO of, for U.S. Operations for BrewDog. Kudos to him and good luck. And, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m., this has been the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Cheers, everybody. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 